This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. The COVID-19 pandemic was, by all accounts, disastrous for humanity, with nearly a million people in the United States alone having lost their lives. But it has also been an environmental disaster, with an explosion of plastic-based protective products being consumed and discarded, and many localities rolling back pre-pandemic regulations that reduced or banned single-use plastic. The good news is that a new poll finds broad public support for addressing the ongoing plastic pollution crisis that threatens our oceans, our biodiversity, and us. My guest is Melissa Valiant. She is the Senior Communications Manager at the group Oceana. Welcome to the program, Melissa. Hi there, thank you so much for having me on. So first let's talk about what impact the pandemic has had on our plastics crisis. I remember, uh, I live in a city that had banned plastic bags and there, you know, there was, there was broad support for it. And of course, as soon as the pandemic hit, you went into grocery stores and you had the plastic bags were back uh, because people were terrified that um, reusable bags could spread the virus. And it seems as though it's uh, there's been a setback for the movement against plastic pollution is that true so the good news is we're actually still seeing a lot of movement on the local state and even federal level with single-use plastic uh regulation um so we are seeing plastic bag bans we're seeing plastic foam bans so you know those plastic peanuts and plastic uh little airbags that come into your uh your online orders we're still seeing that um, rise in the past two years. And so I'm excited about that. I think the thing you got to keep in mind with the pandemic is that this was an unprecedented event. Um, and number one priority was people's safety. Um, and so we needed to follow the, the advice of public health experts who were recommending things like masks. And um, I think that is first priority Second priority when it comes to the plastic pollution crisis is trying to target the unnecessary single-use plastic. And so in this case, these pieces were actually necessary for our health, but we have 40%, it's roughly 40% of the single or of the plastic that is produced is actually for single-use plastic packaging and other single-use plastic products. And so for us, we find at Oceana that, that that is a natural thing to go up against and to try to reduce in order to mitigate the plastic pollution crisis. So instead of focusing on the PPE, which is was absolutely necessary for um, our current situation, we need to go after this stuff that really doesn't need to be there. So like our plastic straws, single-use plastic water bottles, uh, plastic takeout containers, like these are the things that aren't necessary that we have innovative replacements for, like reusable and refillable products. So let's talk about the fact that uh, your organization commissioned this uh, survey that uh, took the pulse of the public uh, and, of course, then honed in on how things differed by whether they were Republican or Democrat, etc. Um, what was the poll aiming to determine um, in terms of support for ending single-use plastic? So yes, we released some new plastic polling um, 
results last week. And so these were through Ipsos. Um, they polled Americans and also registered voters. And we found that eight in 10 American voters were supportive of single-use plastic regulations on the local, state, and even the federal level, which is really exciting. Um, it was 81% of American voters that were supportive of these kind of bans of things like plastic bags, things like um, takeout containers that I mentioned, plastic beverage bottles. Like there's overwhelming, and not just overwhelming support among American voters, but overwhelming bipartisan support among American voters. So it's really exciting because I think that the policy action is what we need in order to actually tackle this. Unfortunately, it's not going to come down to just individual actions. As much as we all hope to make a difference, and I think it's important for us to do whatever we can on an individual level, the real change is going to happen with policy. So what is that policy? Tell me about the kinds of policies that can be taken both at the local level, at the state level as well, and then of course, thirdly, at the federal level to address single-use plastic. You know, you have the, the plastic industry and industries that rely on cheaply available single-use plastics that want self-regulation. They want to have voluntary measures to be able to reduce uh, or to choose when, where, and how to reduce their plastic use. What do you recommend? What is your organization recommending? So policies that actually phase out over time um, certain single-use unnecessary single-use plastic items, like I mentioned, plastic bags, plastic takeout containers, plastic beverage bottles, that kind of thing. Um, these have actually had a great impact in the past. We've seen it in DC, for example, Washington DC, which is where Oceana is based, where um, we had a plastic bag ban and there was a noticeable difference in the amount of plastic bags that were found in the Anacostia River following that um, within you know, the year or two afterward. So we need more of these. What, what needs to happen is for us to stop plastic pollution at the source because Historically, the plastics industry has constantly gone after how do we tackle the plastic waste problem? That hasn't worked. Recycling hasn't worked. Um, only 9% of the plastic waste ever generated has been recycled. Wow. That's it. Um, and so this isn't a plastic waste problem. This is a plastic problem. We need to stop producing so much of it in order for it to stop polluting our environment, our air, our soil, our water, our food. I mean, it's it's infiltrated everything. It seems to me to that that was there greater awareness of how little plastic actually recycles, you might see even more public support for tackling the issue of plastic waste. Because, you know, we all, uh, many of us have uh, plastic recycling trash cans that we dutifully put our plastic waste in and subconsciously, we think we're taking care of the problem, right? Yes, absolutely. And our polling actually showed that too. Once we showed people that only 9% of the plastic ever generated has been recycled and asked them how concerned they felt, um, the vast majority felt more concerned about the plastic pollution problem. I think people generally do not realize, the vast majority of people do not realize how little is recycled. And that is um, entirely on purpose with the plastics industry they have they have intentionally spent millions of dollars on pr campaigns to convince us that 
this is a consumer problem. We are causing the problem and we are responsible for it. And that is not the case. The plastics industry has been polluting our planet, knowing that recycling is not working for nearly 50 years. Um, so it's something that I think people are slowly waking up to, but it's really important that we continue getting that message out there so that we can push for policies that actually force these companies to change their ways because they are the primary polluters. What did you find about uh, public support for these policies when it comes to policies and you know when it comes to elections? Um, do you, d- does, does your poll show that the public actually cares if, say, for example, candidates running for office campaign on reducing single-use plastic? Yeah, so interestingly, we did find that the majority of people would be more likely to vote for a candidate a political candidate who supported regulating single-use plastics, um, which gave us a little hope too, because I mean, it's these are the people that we're electing to change the world, um, and so we need them to care about this. And it's, it seems like the American public is there, so we need our lawmakers to be there too. So when we talk about the the fact that this is a uh, plastic you know, uh, this this is not a consumer problem. This isn't a matter of figuring out what to do with the waste. It's a matter of uh, addressing the fact that we're producing so much plastic. Currently, where is all the plastic going? If only 9% of it is being recycled, where is, you know, 91% of it going? Yeah, um, so the amazing thing is that a lot of our plastic seems recycled. And again, this is, um, not a coincidence. The plastics industry has also made sure that we have that nice little recycling symbol, those little, they're called chasing arrows, those three arrows on your Mm -hmm. plastic products. And to us, you know, when you see it, you always think, well, this piece of plastic is recyclable. Um, Unfortunately, that is not always the case. And much of the plastic that we use is not actually recyclable. So to give you an idea, I always think this analogy is really helpful. Glass, is infinitely recyclable. So you take a glass bottle, it can be made into another glass bottle infinitely for the rest of time. Um, It's the same thing with aluminum. However, with plastic, you're looking at, it's going to produce maybe like one plastic beverage bottle is probably going to produce one or two other plastic beverage bottles until it becomes something even less than that. Like, carpeting, for example, that will eventually end up in a landfill because it can't be recycled anymore. Um, And so there is an essential issue with the plastic recycling uh, system. It's not something that's sustainable. And this is something that we've known for a really long time. But um, unfortunately, we've all kind of been duped into thinking that it's this magic wand. Beyond electing candidates who will enact policies to reduce single-use plastic. What are things that you are suggesting people can do? Um, there have been, there has been some success of uh, among uh, local city councils where people have, you know, just ordinary citizens have gone into their city councils and um, successfully enacted plastic bag bans, perhaps, you know, catching the plastic industry and the industries that rely on it off guard um, because it's hyper local and that industry can't be everywhere all at once. Are those the kinds of things that you're still suggesting that people can and should be working on? Yeah, I think a great example um, is, so this isn't local level, but it's it's state level. So California, I know you all have a big California presence. 
Um, California has a couple really great things uh, in in the pipeline right now. So for for one, we have AB 2026. Um, it's a bill that was just introduced on Monday, and it deals with all of that unnecessary and annoying plastic that comes in your online orders. So when you order something online, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, you often will get something very small, but put into a big box <laughs> with a ton of plastic peanuts um, or plastic foam or plastic, like they're called air pillows. Um, it's a lot of unnecessary plastic that ends up lasting for centuries, even though it's really serving a one moment of use. Um, and so this AV 2026, this new bill would actually tackle that and make sure that most of this um, packaging isn't something that's going to end up in landfills being burned, which eats the air, the soil, the water, um, or ends up in the environment. So it's trying to reduce those things, and um, we highly support that. They also, we also have the California Ballot Initiative. Um, so in November, it's really exciting. Californians will actually have the opportunity to vote for this plastics initiative um, where single-use plastic, certain single-use plastic will be phased out. The public, as well as local and state lawmakers have an opportunity to make a change in these kind of places. We also have some federal legislation um, that would be huge because the, the United States is kind of behind the rest of the world in terms of single-use plastic regulation on a national level. What would the opposition to these policies look like from the plastics industry? What should we look out for and expect? Because maybe if we predict uh, or you know, know what to look out for when we see the propaganda against these policies, we'll recognize them for what they are, which is you know, the, the industry lobbying against these policies. Yeah, um, unfortunately, the plastics and petrochemical industry has a lot of lobbying power, power in the United States, which I personally think is one of the reasons that we're a bit behind some of the other countries in terms of federal legislation. The United States, as well as other wealthy countries, including the UK, um, will ship their plastic waste abroad to developing nations that don't necessarily have the in infrastructure or the waste management systems handle it and so the stuff that we're putting in our bins we're thinking is going to be recycled but will often end up on the other side of the world um polluting you know a river in asia um and so it's we've we've heard a lot of arguments on the other side of like this is an asia problem but the the real fact of the matter is that we are that problem we are the ones sending that problem over there um and so that's something to look out for uh, just like any other issue, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Will they also, you think, talk about increased costs to consumers? Because that's often an industry ploy that that, uh, that if we phase out plastic, it's going to cost people more money. Yeah. Um, so that is also uh, an interesting argument. I'm glad you brought that up. Because the fact is, it's already costing us money. The plastic pollution issue is costing us money. Taxpayers are the ones paying the cleanup you know in whatever city you live in you are paying via your taxes to have all of this plastic waste cleaned up and the fact of the matter is we didn't have so much plastic waste in the first place that money wouldn't be coming out of our pockets 
Um, there's also an environmental justice issue attached to this that I think a lot of people don't hear a lot about. Plastic production facilities, as well as certain waste management facilities like incinerators, are typically put in low-income and minority communities intentionally because they know that they are going to have trouble fighting back. And these facilities end up polluting the soil, the water, the air of the communities surrounding them, which are low income and minority communities typically. Give out a website where people can find out more about the work that you do, Melissa. Yes, uh, thank you for asking. So Oceana is the largest ocean advocacy organization. Um, we're international and you can find more about our campaign as well as our other campaigns um, at usa.oceana.org. And we'll post a link to that from our website. Thanks so much for joining us and good luck to you. Yeah, thank you so much. This was wonderful talking to you. My guest has been Melissa Valiant, Senior Communications Manager at Oceana. I'm Sonali Kolhatkar. You can access this and other interviews on our website, risingupwithsonali.com by becoming a subscriber. Find our audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Are You With Sonali.